Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 92, Paradise Lost, Book 4. Evil Self-Reflective, Evil Self-Deceptive. In Book 2 of Paradise Lost, Sin relates her birth from Satan's head, and how Satan took great pleasure in her. Familiar grown I pleased, and with attractive graces won the most averse, thee chiefly, who full oft thyself in me, thy perfect image viewing, becamest enamored. And such joy thou tookst with me in secret that my womb conceived a growing burden. We revisit this moment today to concentrate our attention on Satan's perfect image in sin as mirror, as looking glass. This metaphor of the feminine as mirror, as reflection, is familiar, I hope, to our listeners. Jenny was my looking glass, enabling my return to Christ by helping me see myself aright, truthfully, for the first time in 25 years. Reflection is a self-doubling phenomenon, for we have the self that sees and the self that is seen. It is no mistake that Milton makes sin a double of Satan, a reflection sprung from his head, the seat of consciousness, for self-consciousness is rational, possible only to rational creatures. Reflection, in this sense, plays no small part throughout Paradise Lost. Psychologically, and even biologically speaking, the feminine functions as an agent of reflection to the masculine. In this sense, we do not have a self without the other who sees us, objectifies us, pulls us out of our subjectivity. Last week, in Book 3, we saw the divine reflection of the Father in the Son of God. Self and other, that is, exists within the Godhead. Like God, we rational creatures can be self-reflective. That is, we can be both the self that sees and the objectified self we examine. We can be, that is, our own looking glasses. As we shall see, though, the quality of the image is conditioned by the rationality of the perceiver. It is this sort of reflection that I think one of the central themes of Book 4 of Paradise Lost, which we examine in this edition of The Christian Atheist. Preparing for his assault on Eden, Satan, says Milton, is in self-reflective turmoil. Now rolling boils in his tumultuous breast, and back recoils upon himself. Horror and doubt distract his troubled thoughts, and, from the bottom, stir the hell within him. For within him hell he brings, and round about him. Nor from hell one step, no more than from himself, can fly by change of place. Now. Conscience wakes despair that slumbered, wakes the bitter memory of what he was, what is, and what must be. We see in Satan here, and throughout Paradise Lost, what Jean-Paul Sartre called bad faith, essential self-deception, the flight from honest self-assessment, 
from seeing oneself aright. Evil strives desperately to hide its own nature, even the memory of its own acts, from itself, as well as, and perhaps even in order to, deceive others. In Book 2, Satan claims not to know sin, and there is a double, or rather multiple entendre in this claim. Sin, like hell in the above quote, is Satan himself, his own true reflection. Sin, he says, repulses him. He wants to not know her, because he refuses to see his own reflection in that looking glass. He also, despite his protestations, knows sin in the illicit sense as well, together conceiving death, fruit of narcissistic incestuous lust. In all these ways, Milton makes clear that what Satan truly loathes, though desperately seeking to deny it, is himself. The self-made prison of his rational existence, the hell which is Satan's consciousness. Recalling Book 3, Satan curses the sun, like the god of this new world, whose beams bring to my remembrance from what state I fell. Light, too, symbolizes revelatory truth, dispelling darkness and deception. It is no accident that the divine light of Book 3 is followed by the amazingly perceptive self-reflections of Satan here in Book 4. For in Satan, quote, conscience wakes despair that slumbered, end quote, which he seeks to fly in self-deception. Conscience, as we later find given by God to man, is the divine light shining inwardly. The brilliance of Milton's arch-fiend is in no small part his astute psychological analysis of self-deception. Satan knows the truths of God and himself, cycling continuously between acknowledgment and futile denial. God, says the father of lies, quote, deserved no such return from me, whom he created what I was, nor was his service hard. Yet all his good proved ill in me, and wrought but malice, end quote. The ongoing torture of his self-deceptive consciousness is evidenced well here where Satan questions his disastrous fall from God's exalted legions, most of whom did not fall. Hadst thou the same free will and power to stand? Thou hadst. Whom hast thou then, or what, to accuse? But heaven's free love dealt equally to all. Be then his love accursed! Since love or hate, to me alike, it deals eternal woe. Nay, cursed be thou, since against his, thy will chose freely, what it now so justly ruse. The good Satan, bad Satan, self-questioning, self-answering nature of this soliloquy makes it almost seem like dialogue. Good Satan. Me miserable! Which way shall I fly infinite wrath and infinite despair? Bad Satan! Which way I fly is hell! Myself am hell, and in the lowest deep, 
A lower deep still, threatening to devour me, opens wide, to which the hell I suffer seems a heaven. Good Satan, oh, then at last relent. Is there no place left for repentance? None for pardon left? Bad, Satan, none left but by submission. And submit to God, he never will. Quote, this knows my punisher. Therefore, as far from granting he, as I from begging peace. Satan again resolves his will in opposition to God's, and commits again to be the pathogenic evil to mankind, to bring it down from its high estate. But as our story unfolds, we find that even this seemingly final mental and practical resolve requires the never-ending self-torture of self-deception, the never-ending choice to oppose his own will to that of God, which he tries to represent as necessity, a constant oscillation between self-pity and defiance. Quote, all hope excluded thus. Behold, instead, mankind created, and for him this world. So farewell, hope, and with hope farewell fear, farewell remorse. All good to me is lost. Evil be thou, my good. By thee at least divided empire with heaven's king I hold as man ere long, and this new world shall know. Evil, be thou my good, seems the final step, the ultimate inversion of the value hierarchy. But this, too, is a self-defeating gesture, for evil has no substantial reality in itself. It is but the free denial, the negation, of value. The lost good is chosen, not imposed, and evil's existence requires that it be chosen over and over again. Each new decision is a new doubling down. Even here, Satan lies to himself. Evil exists only in self-willed opposition to the good in the ongoing denial of God's will, his order, in favor of one's own. When he first glimpses Adam and Eve, Satan's reflective self-deception finds crystal-clear representation in Milton's brilliant portrayal. Oh, hell! What do mine eyes with grief behold? Not spirits yet to heavenly spirits bright little inferior, whom my thoughts pursue with wonder, and could love, so lively shines in them divine resemblance, and such grace the hand that formed them on their shape hath poured. These are not words to be uttered by he to whom all good is lost. Satan is free, apparently, to wonder, and to love. He sees the beauty of the divine image in man, 
Beauty is not lost to him, nor goodness, except in his reiterative, narcissistic denial of God's order. He laments that such beauty, such happiness, quote, must be destroyed, and even his own role in that destruction, declaring bitterly to the happy pair, Yet no purposed foe to you whom I could pity thus forlorn, though I unpitied. League with you I seek, and mutual amity, so straight, so close, that I with you must dwell, or you with me henceforth. My dwelling haply may not please, like this fair paradise your sense. Yet such accept your Maker's work. He gave it me, which I as freely give. Hell shall unfold to entertain you too. There will be room to receive your numerous offspring. If no better place, thank him who puts me loath to this revenge on you who wrong me not, for him who wronged. We know the old trope, the devil made me do it, and we see here its inversion. God makes me do it. It is God who is the author of all ill, not me. I seek only to set the scales of justice equal again. The language is familiar to our modern ears, is it not? In fact, the distortion of Satan's self-concept, his refusal to truly face the light of his own self-reflection, is mirrored here. And should I at your harmless innocence melt, as I do, yet public reason just, honor and empire with revenge enlarged, the spreading pathogen, by conquering this new world, compels me now to do what else, though damned, I should abhor. Satan presents himself here, a social justice warrior, who must subvert paradise, even sacrifice its most vulnerable and innocent inhabitants, in order to restore injured justice. He represents justice and those whom the corrupt powers that rule oppress. God must pay, and the costs be damned. Thus always the devil and man cover spite, resentment, and hate with the veneer of virtue-signaling self-justification, of claiming the virtuous part as cover for the vicious whole. Milton's comment on this final gesture is perfect. So spake the fiend, and with necessity the tyrant's plea excused his devilish deeds. One final vignette remains for us in Book 4, revealing once again the self-deception and cognitive dissonance in which evil is ensconced. Adam passionately kisses Eve, quote, in delight both of her beauty and submissive charms. Aside 
the devil turned for envy. Yet with jealous leer malign eyed them askance, and to himself thus plained, Sight hateful, sight tormenting, thus these two, imparadised in one another's arms, the happier Eden, shall enjoy their fill of bliss on bliss, while I to hell am thrust, where neither joy nor love but fierce desire, among our other torments not the least, still unfulfilled with pain of longing pines. Satan is hateful, because he desires, painfully pines for, the good he himself undermines. His fundamental ambivalence, which he can only vaguely acknowledge, constantly tortures his conscious existence. He both hates the sight of such bliss as the mirror to his own agony, and desperately needs to see, to leer at, to poison its goodness. His suffering demands that others, indeed everyone, suffer as he does. This is the justice of hell. If he cannot be God, goodness itself, then all good must be infected with evil. Value must be inverted. Value must be destroyed. Self-deception, indeed, to desire with all one's being that which one hates with all of one's being. This is the self-loathing, self-deception of evil self-reflective. The rational mind, indeed, can be its own prison and make a hell of heaven. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian. <laughs>